night, everybody. What's well, good to have you tonight. So uh, kind of look around and say hi to a couple people real quick. Let them know it's good that they're here tonight. So say hi and welcome and you look great tonight and whatever you want to say. So go ahead and do that. Let them know. By the way, tonight we got some ice cream. You guys ready to eat some ice cream when we're done tonight? Anybody on that train with me tonight? I hope so. We're looking forward to that. And anyhow, um, if you notice, with Ashley's up here. Ashley's the worship leader at the Bakken's campus. And a little while ago, I decided to give our worship team a night off because they're here every single service, coming early, practicing. Just want to give them a night where they can come and worship. So I asked Ashley to seek come, and then it, then it coincided with our three nights of seek and find, and our worship team, the last three nights, played like four and a half hours of worship, so I thought, wow, we'll give them a break. So it kind of worked perfectly for that. So anyway, how many were here at seek and find, and it was something that was good, the presence of God. So we'll do some more of those in the future, but it was a good time of prayer and God's presence and all that kind of stuff. But anyhow, so tonight, worship. I've got a little bit of a message, then we're going to have an ice cream social. Sound like a plan? So how about this? Everybody jump up on your feet tonight. Let's, let's worship Jesus together. I was buried beneath my shame. Who could carry that kind of weight?
lift our voices tonight. Hold this Tithe an offering time. If you have something to give, you can prep it. If you need an offering envelope, check in the chair in front of you or wave your hand around, and one of our phenomenal ushers will help you out. And uh, of course, our giving is an extension of our worship. Amen. And uh, we are, this is, this is a house of celebration. Amen. This is a house of worship. Amen. You, you know, um, Old Testament member. The temple was the center of worship, right? Then, then when the crucifixion, the, the veil is torn, uh, no longer needing the priest to do the access for you, but anybody who believed, right? And, and the worship of God went from a specific location to all over the world. Whoever would believe, amen? Whenever we come together, we are establishing in this place a sacred place and sacred time because of our worship. And in one way, we are establishing an altar of praise and worship in this place. And by the way, you need to establish those places in your life. Now, you can worship God anywhere and pray anywhere, but there are specific locations that you can, in your prayer closet, you know what I'm talking about, where you establish sacred place. I believe that. And, and I pray often that, that this, this right here, there's, this is like a, you know this terminology, a thin place. Almost like an Old Testament where the angel is ascending and descending on the ladder. This would be a thin place where the presence of God would be manifest every time we show up to this place. That's prayer of my heart. But we establish it because of our praise and because of our worship. Because of, of, of the, the unity that God inhabits 
the praises of people who gather. Amen? And we believe that. So, anyways, uh, our giving as an extension of our worship. So I know we always stop this part and we, we meet and greet. And, and there, there is, a, a, you know, in the scriptures, they, they talk about greeting one another and, and peace being transferred. And, and, of course, it says greet with the Holy Kiss. We're not going there. But anyways, you know, it, it, that's also an extension. So we, we praise, we celebrate, we worship. Then, then we interact and there's, there's something sacred about that as the body together. Then we continue our worship with our giving. This is it's not just random things we do. We patch together a service order. What it is is, is is a purposeful way that we go about being together, invoking what it means to live and do this together. Does that make sense? So giving a part of that is we're going to continue in our giving tonight as as worship. And, and we give every time. Give you an opportunity in the response to the provision of God and, and his blessings in your life. So I'm going to pray over it. If you have something to give, you can bring it tonight. Lord, we thank you. Uh, as worship tonight, we're going to give because you are the great provider. And we stand in your provision. And we worship you in our giving. We praise you in our giving. We, we give as an act of faith because we live by faith. And we thank you simply for who you are. And we, we worship you simply because of who you are. In Jesus' name. And I'll say amen. If you have something, you can bring it down. Uh, just one uh, quick announcement is, uh, don't forget, a week from this Sunday, uh, we have after church uh, a vision casting day. It's for those of you that this is your home church, and we're just going to kind of update you on everything that's going on with the church finances, uh, where things stand moving forward. And also, then when that's done, for those of you who want to hang out, there will be kind of a game afternoon and, and whatnot. So it will be a, a, a fun afternoon. So anyhow, that's what's happening a week from this Sunday on the 22nd. And um, so if you got your Bible, John chapter 14. I'm just going to share just for a few moments, and we're going to jump into our ice cream social. Amen. But we're going to get the word first. The bread of life, then dessert with ice cream. Does that sound good? By the way, Ashley, uh, when I started the youth ministry at the Botkins Church, it was it was ages 12 and up were allowed to come, right? And Ashley, I was starting to get to know the kids, and I'm like, well, how old are you? And she said, I'm 12. I found out later she lied. She was 11, but was coming anyway, so I forgave her for that. And uh, she used to be my assistant. She was my paid assistant for a while. She interned for me in the summer when she was a teenager. One time when she was sitting in my office doing some paperwork, somebody had got me one of those uh, rubber band guns. You ever see those? I said, hey, Ashley, I shot her, and her dead right in the eyeball. And she swears to this day that there's a red spot right where I hit her. I don't believe it, but that's what she says. So anyways, uh, but she led worship for me for a long time. You know, another funny thing, we, were, we used to do pump a summer camp at uh, Ohio Northern, and we took a group of kids up setting up for camp, sound system and all that stuff. And we had a big fishing, 15 passenger van and the seats were out of the back, so we had all the gear in there. But on the way back, the gear was empty. And for some reason, she was sitting in the back where there were no seats. And I came to a stop sign and I was sitting there and I saw her stand up. When she did, I, I pumped the gas and she went BAM and hit her head on the back window. I thought that was kind of funny. She didn't apparently, but anyways. 
I got lots of fun stories with Ashley. Anyways, John chapter number 14. I'm really not that mean, I promise. It was an accident. All right, John 14. We, we talked last week. I was kind of getting after you about discipleship a little bit. How many of you are a disciple of Jesus? I mean, no doubt about it. I don't want to see no pocket waving. Yeah, yeah, no, no. You No doubt about it. You're not ashamed of the gospel. Amen. It is the life of, of as Peterson says, obedience, long obedience in the same direction. That we're after him in obedience. And obedience is the key, by the way. Obedience is submission. That we submit to God. Again, it's, it's not uh, living my Christian life on my terms when I want to, when it's convenient to me, but I give my life to him. He takes all my rights away and he starts to give me now the rights of what it means to live in his kingdom. When, when you're a part of, so y'all are American citizens, right? And if you're not, you're welcome here anyway. But um, as an American citizen, there's certain ways you live by the laws of the land. Is that right? Certain laws you should keep, right? But if we're citizens of a kingdom of God, there's a certain way to live by the laws of that kingdom. Right? So in other words, there's certain rights you're given, but now there's a changing over of rights in how I live. So my, my citizenship in heaven transcends and comes before my citizenship of my country. I want to do good in both, but this is first. Because this is everlasting. This is temporary. As much as I like it, this is everlasting. But then there is a way to live. There's laws. That there, in other words, uh, he, he brings us to a place where to be a citizen of the kingdom of God, that's another term for being a disciple, that's another term of walking the narrow road. A lot of synonyms we find in the New Testament for these things. He shows me a way, he gives me a way, and I have to choose to obey. He shows me a way, he gives me a way, and I have to choose to obey. There, there's a way to go about this. I submit to him. Now, John chapter 14 and verse 15, and this is one of the great uh, narratives of Jesus when he begins to uh, talk about the coming Holy Spirit. Very simply, 14 verse 15 says, If you love me, if you love Jesus, you will do what? Keep what? His commandments. And, and then, then he goes on to talk about uh, the helper to come that, that will be with us forever. That's the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, whom the world can't receive, but it neither sees him or knows him, yet you know him, for he dwells in you and will be in you. And that's the Holy Spirit that, that help lead us and guide us and strengthen us and do all the things that we need to do to do what God asks us to do. But obedience is the way of the kingdom. You can't ab-lib your Christianity. You can't make it up as you go. The course has been marked out for you, and you must run this race with perseverance. Is that right? But in order to do it, you have to obey. But, but the thing is, what Jesus says in verse 15, if you do what? If you love him, 
you'll do what? You obey him. If you love him, you obey the Jesus way as he sets it out in front of you. If, now, now watch this. Let's just be honest. People struggle with obedience to the way of Jesus because they're not growing in love for him. Right there. When you love something, you, you do all sorts of things for that. You'll go out of your way for it. You'll pay attention to it. You'll put time into it. You guys know the deal, right? If I love him, then it becomes natural to obey the commands. But if I struggle in growing with love, obeying his commands is not easy. Remember, the burden of Jesus is what? Easy, and his yoke is light. But if you struggle with the obedience part, even though it is a burden that's easy, when you struggle with that easy burden, chances are it's because of a lack of love. Right? So remember when Jesus was asked what was the greatest command, right? Testing. And what did Jesus respond? What's the greatest command? You guys know it. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's your entire being, correct? Everything you are. So I always say, love God with everything you got, right? Everything you are, love God with it. But notice the word love. Love God, love God, love God. We've got to grow in our love for him. Now, I've said this before. Let me say it again. I didn't get saved because I loved God. I got saved because I needed something from him, and that was forgiveness. And that's most of us. But most of us don't love God, then get saved. Most of us, he crashes in your life, or he kind of courts you in a certain way, but you, you want some. Well, I realize I'm a sinner. I need forgiveness. Maybe, maybe this awareness of heaven and hell, or whatever it is. But then we realize that's not the end of it. My salvation is a first step. And when we get into scriptures, we realize it's the first step of a life of obedience. That you'll never actually walk out unless you are continually growing in your love for him. Because most people have not, I would say, I, I don't know of anybody that I've ever met that they got saved because they loved God. They got saved because they needed forgiven. Then they realize this is a relationship. But then in this relationship, it's a, it's a relationship on my part of submission. Right? And if we love him, we will obey his commands. It, everything we do, by the way, when we come to church, is positioning ourselves in submission to him. So when you worship something, what are you doing? In essence, you're saying, that's God, I'm not, and I'm worshiping him, I'm in submission. Is that right? When, when we give in the offering, why are you doing that? Wait, wait a second. I don't know. I wouldn't be giving my tithe, 10% of my income, unless I was told to do so. And when I do that, it's an act of submission to the word, right? And it's teaching us how to obey how to live a life of faith, following in submission to him. We, we, we're talking right now from the scriptures. 
Why? Because we're learning from it. When you learn from something, you're putting yourself in a place of submission to learn and receive. Everything we do when we come to church, in some form or another, is an act of submission. By the way, you're hanging out with some people here tonight that I guarantee, if it wasn't for church, you would have never met this person. And chances are there's a lot of differences here in this room. Differences of opinion, differences of background, differences of a lot of stuff. But yet here we are learning how to do what? Love one another, forgive one another, bear one another's burdens, pray for one another, worship together. But we're submitting to being a body together. That's what we're called to be. Everything we're doing is an act of submission. But submission and obedience happens in your life because you're continuing in this place where you're growing in your love for God. And you always got to keep that at the forefront. Because the two greatest commands center on love, correct? Love God with everything, and then you learn how to love those around you. Right relationship with God teaches you right relationship with the people around you. You got to go upward, then it comes outward. But it's all centered on love. Now, I don't know about you, but I have to remember to grow in love. Because that's not easy to my flesh. You know what I'm talking about? So I purposely make sure I worship. Because these kind of things turn into a circular cycle in your life. Worshiping helps you grow in love, but I, I worship because I love. You, know, you see what I'm saying? It's a circular pattern that starts to happen. Learning to love other people obviously is not easy. It's not your human nature just to love people no matter what, right? Even your enemy, Jesus said, love them. Well, that's tough. That's not easy. Not something you just want to do. You learn, you grow, you become, right? So the challenge is very simple. How are you actively growing in love towards God? How do you do that? Pray. You know, I've often prayed, Lord, teach me how to love. I've often prayed, Lord, show me how to love. I've often prayed, Lord, grow love in me because I, I don't have it. And sometimes, sometimes that's actually when I'm thinking of a specific person. Lord, you just <laughs> you need to help me love that person because it's just not there, right? But I'll pray, Lord, Lord, teach me how to love you. There, there's the desire, there's this, this zealousness, this fervency that you've got to be sure is stirring within you. And we've we, we got to be sure to do the things that are the foundation for all the other things, right? You, you can, uh, let's just say, for example, you can go about the Christian life and you think in absence of love and you are far from God, Amen. right? Is that true? You, you can think that, that you're all about living the word or proclaiming the word, but, but if you're not based in love, you're far from God. Remember, Paul writes, 
Of all that remains, these three that remain, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest is what? Love. love. We were talking about that two or three Sundays ago. Paul also said at the beginning of that chapter, boy, you can, you can have faith that moves mountains. You can do the whole tongues things. And, but if you don't have love, it doesn't mean anything. And he's being honest. So we got to be people of love. And ultimately, when we're growing in love and we're learning how to love, obeying Jesus becomes more natural. It, it, it is more of a, a natural outworking of our growth and it's something you have to hack away at. You know what I'm saying? Because when you're obeying his commands, ultimately with that comes change, right? This, this new creation is starting to get lived out, correct? So, kind of like this. So, uh, I weigh, I was at the doctor's this morning for my yearly wellness checkup. Fun, right? So, you ask you all these hundreds of questions, I was like, I'm out of here. But anyways, when you go in, they do your height, I swear I'm shrinking, and then they, 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 uh, you're on the scale for your weight, right? You guys have been there. So, this morning, I was, uh, I'm not even going to tell you. So, I weighed a certain weight. It was 184 pounds. 184.2 pounds with my clothes on. So anyways, um, so if, if you took 184 pounds and threw it on a barbell and told me to walk around with that, I'm not sure how long I'd last. You know what I'm talking about? It, it is a burden that would be heavy. I don't know how long I'd be getting it out of the door. It would be rough, 184 pounds. But yet... I carry 184 pounds rather comfortably. I could, I could probably lose five, six, seven pounds, but, but comfortably I, I live at 184 pounds as of this morning. Right? Why? Because it's not something I carry, it's something I became. You see the difference? See, the burdens of Jesus, if you don't love him and be in the process of becoming something, you're trying to carry this heavy burden and you're not going to make it. But when you love him and you obey his commands and it sparks this process of change, it's not something you carry, but it's something you become. It's a natural outworking of what God is doing. We got to be people who become something, not people who carry stuff around. You, you understand the analogy there. And that happens based in the fact that we're growing in love. Love drives you to obey his commands. And when you love him and you're obeying his commands, change will happen. It's not something you're carrying around and trying, trying just to stay away from sin or, or your Christianity becomes about just, just some moral ethics that you're trying to change your life. But it is how you become something. Amen. So let's grow in love. Sim simple thing tonight. Discipleship starts with growing in love. Love towards God, loves towards people. And that you're actively aware that you need to. I know I haven't reached the epitome of love for God yet in my life. I know that. I know I can do better at loving other people. I know that. So I'm active. It's an awareness of my life. To pray, to seek it, look how I can change, how I can improve, and ask the Holy Spirit to help me. Well, you've got to help me, Holy Spirit. You've got to help me. I need to change. And now, now it's something I'm becoming. It's something I'm trying to carry around and try to make happen in my life. And that doesn't work. Amen? 
So people of love, you can try to do the whole Christian thing, but if you have not love, you're far from God. Is that right? Let's be people of love. You think about it. So tomorrow, what are you doing to show that you love God? Well, you worship. At least do that. Pray. Communicate. At least do that, right? And then throughout the day, you catch yourself. In my interaction with that person, am I really loving them? Or, or am I using them? Or I'm, am I in unforgiveness towards them? Or do I really dislike them that much that, you see what I'm saying? You've got to see where the Holy Spirit's leading you and teaching you and all these different things. So we can grow and become something. Amen? Amen. All right. Amen. That's all I wanted to share tonight because I'd like to add to my 184 pounds with some ice cream in a minute. I was glad I had my wellness checkup today before tonight. But anyways, I'm kidding. How many of y'all can grow in love? Let me see. Who, who can grow? I know we can. Let's be about it. it is the basis for all that we do. It'll show up in our worship. It'll show up in how we treat each other here in the church. It'll show up in how we're a witness in the world. It changes, it changes everything. Amen? All right, let's pray. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for an opportunity to just come and be together and, and create this sacred time and sacred place in your name for your glory. In other words, we just, we just ask that your presence is always so strong when we're here. And Lord, we just ask that, that we are people that are becoming something. We're not just trying to carry this Christian thing around, but it's something that we become. That this, this new creation is, is transforming us to, to all the little bitty parts of our life, Lord. Keep working with us, Lord. Be patient with us. We're getting there. I pray every one of us here tonight, we're zealous after you. Lord, we're constantly stirring the, the flame that's within us. Know this little lights of mine. We want bonfires, Lord. Lord, we thank you that you first loved us. Lord, teach us how to love you back and be in the relationship that you desire to have with us. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, everybody says, Amen. Amen. Well, wow, that was quick. You ready? All right, so here's, here's what we're going to do.